0: Recording here. (laughs) Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 281st ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel, and recording from the MSP studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing all right, Cameron. Doing great, actually. Are you? Because we, uh, I'm skeptical because we just finished watching Mizzou lose to Arkansas in basketball.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It's been kind of a it's been kind of a rough season. It's been like opportunity after opportunity where it's like, surely they'll get them this time. Surely they'll they'll figure
0: it out, and uh, they've been letting us down quite a bit here recently yeah i think for like two months now i've been saying oh there's a good opportunity to split this week's games yeah a spoiler alert i'm gonna say it again in like just, you just keep doing 10 it. 10 minutes just keep doing your thing you're gonna win a game one of these one of these days um yeah this might not be a terribly long episode because that was such a that that was as close to an embarrassment of a basketball game as we've seen in a while yeah as a brutal watch yeah just one of
1: those one of those games where it's just it's it was over like yeah. you know five ten minutes into the game it was like this well this is how this is gonna go so and no matter just, how many times
0: the announcer said watch out look out <laughs> he kept jinxing us every yeah. time he would say something like that yeah um, yeah, so we're going to talk about that a little bit and look at the upcoming games. And of course, we're going to talk about the new defensive coordinator hire. And you may notice if you're watching on YouTube, I've got the little recorder thing sitting on the desk here. No producer Cameron this week. Uh, he just couldn't bear to watch that basketball game.
1: He, he just knew that was coming. <laughs> he did. He said, he no made offense. the right call.
0: Um, so, uh, before we get into all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. We, uh, surpassed 600 subscribers on YouTube a little while back. So shout out to all the new subscribers. We're trying to get to a thousand. One of these days we'll get to a thousand and that'd be really cool. Leave us a review wherever you listen to us and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Missouri sports pod. Um, Saturday. Missouri lost to South Carolina, 72-64. They were without Anthony Robinson or, and Trent Pierce for that game. Um, they didn't travel. Trent Pierce also did not play against Arkansas. Um, the South Carolina game, another good game from Sean East, 21 points, 7 assists, only 1 turnover. Bates added 16. Um, but the real story about that game is not really that game. It's uh, South Carolina is legit. <laughs> they are now six and two in conference play, uh, including wins over Mississippi State, Kentucky, and at Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. After they beat Mizzou, they went they went on yes. the road in,
1: to beat Tennessee, who was ranked number five in the country. So um, they are having themselves a
0: surprisingly good season. So while we were watching the Arkansas game. I don't know. We were trying to make heads or tails of this season, I guess, and it is true, right, that the SEC is really good this year. Yeah, is it is 100%. Okay. <laughs> because Top to bottom minus Vanderbilt minus Mizzou.
1: Yeah. The SEC is probably as good top to bottom as it's been maybe ever since Missouri joined, like it, the entire time that Missouri's been in the SEC. Top to almost bottom. Yeah, top to almost bottom. I mean, there's been I don't even I don't even know why I want to go down this road, but there's been a lot of talk. like is this cam Anderson level bad? And you know, I think a lot of it has to do with like the environment that the SEC was at that time. and I really do think the SEC is much better now than it was at that time. um not saying that this season is any more fun than those because right. it's yeah, not it doesn't feel a lot different right. um
0: on a week to week basis, just losing every time. that's a good point. Um let me see here. Uh so Arkansas, I don't know. We're just gonna kind of mix these two reviews together. Uh weirdly though, against South Carolina, uh, Missouri only shot, only attempted eight threes. So maybe that's you know, they're trying to scheme more shots at the basket, maybe more trips to the free throw line. Um they did go to the line more against Arkansas, but the Arkansas game we just watched it. The entire second half was garbage time, yeah. basically. Yeah, Um Missouri scored fifty-six points in the second half. That, yeah, they they shot fifty percent from three. Yeah, I mean, went to it, the free throw line twenty-two times. It took them a while to figure out
1: the three-point stuff, though. It felt like they were hell bent on trying to get inside and you know do dribble drives against Arkansas, who's not very good, but they are athletic and they're long and. They make it difficult to score inside. So, you know, it felt a little insane how much we were trying to do that early and we were paying the price dearly. And they started shooting threes better later in the game, but
0: it just didn't matter. Tamar Bates went for 29 points, uh, 10 for 10 from the free throw line. And uh, something that we were talking about that the announcers in the Arkansas game actually picked up on was he's got this incredibly efficient 50-40-90 season He's that's playing out in front of us. We yeah. talked about that a little bit last week, but the pieces around him and Sean East to a lesser extent, I mean, he's right there. Uh, let's see. He's only missing the free throw aspect of it. I believe. Let me look at Sean numbers real quick. Sean East shooting 55% from two, uh, 46% from three, 83% from the free throw line. And the 50 number, I should point out, is field goal percentage, not two point field goal percentage. So, um, but still, it's like both of these guys having incredibly efficient seasons at low volume. And then you look at the rest of the roster. Okay, well, where's the volume coming from? It's coming from. There, there's just it's just not there. Noah Carter has attempted 91 threes, shooting 27. percent Nick honors in there with a 111 three point attempt shooting 40%. But he's also shooting 33% from 2. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy like whenever you hear some of those peripheral
1: numbers about those really impressive statistical performances and you know like you said Nick honors shooting 50% from three like you you say some of those things like man we must be pretty competitive these are these are really good signs really good indicators of of good performances but They're just getting manhandled on the boards. They're just, you know, we've talked about the free throw discrepancy. They're playing some of the worst interior defense I've ever seen. You know, some of those things that you just, you cannot overcome all of these things on a night-to-night basis, and they aren't.
0: And with Arkansas's length and athleticism, Missouri turned it over 18 times in this game. It felt like so many transition buckets that Arkansas had. Yeah. Yeah, Arkansas was turning stuff into transition that didn't even feel like it should have been. Yeah, which was actually Missouri was doing last season really, yeah. really well. Yeah, just get the ball and just start,
1: just take off with it. Yeah,
0: just create transition
1: opportunities out of nothing.
0: Yeah, and uh, another thing I brought up during the game was like, I think maybe this season feels weirder than it maybe should. The John Tanjay thing is so odd and i was saying like as a fan it almost would feel better if he had not played at all like yeah. if he was lost in the preseason to injury and we knew he was never going to show up then we'd be like at least i would be thinking more like oh well you know he lost a starter in the preseason yeah. who was just you know no way to plan for that career scorer so you know that's one of the biggest factors here and then we lost caleb grill a month into the season but... Easier to explain away. Yeah. So it's like, ah, uh, lost season due to injury. Whatever. What are you going to do? Still got these guys really playing well and trying hard. But we saw this team with us we thought was a healthy John Tanjay. We saw them with Caleb Grill. This team was never going to be very good this year. And, um, yeah, just a, a complete black hole at the five spot, unfortunately. Oh, man. So... Let's see here. Same old story here. Um, Now, speaking of same old story, Missouri's got an opportunity in front of them (laughs) uh, because Vanderbilt also does not have a conference win, and it's just like perfect. Like this entire season so far, we've been saying, um, well, we're playing a team that doesn't want to be in the bottom four of the conference. So is this... Is this an opportunity for Missouri to show, like, oh, we're not at the very bottom? We can compete with some of these middling teams. Every time the answer has been no. Missouri belongs at the bottom of the conference. Well, it's just Missouri and Vanderbilt now down there by themselves. So. Someone's got to win the game. Yeah. It's at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is four, sorry, five and 14 on the season, 0 and 6 in conference play, fifth year. Under Jerry Stackhouse. No Scottie Pippen, Jr. No. Uh, Yeah. Leading scorer is Ezra Magnon and uh, and Tyron Lawrence. So, I don't know. If Missouri loses to Vanderbilt... What difference does it make? I guess you're right. I guess you're right, honestly. Because, yeah. There's nothing to play for at this point except who might be on the roster next year um they're gonna beat vanderbilt though (laughs) vanderbilt may be the only team yet so far this season that it will look like maybe missouri has a size advantage yeah it'll at least be even yeah i mean yeah we were talking about this a little bit earlier
1: and missouri is so they're just outmatched size-wise every single sec game and uh, I think they were uh, able to get away with things a little bit more in the non-conference. You know, they playing the lesser athletic teams, smaller teams. They were it was, a- it was easier for them to hide some of these deficiencies, mm-hmm. and they're just have become absolutely glaring issues against more athletic and bigger teams. So, I think you do have a good point that Vanderbilt kind of affords that opportunity that of some of the earlier teams they played this season, size-wise. They should be able to. Hopefully, rebounding won't be quite as an impossibility as it has been the last few
0: weeks. Yeah. I mean, their guards, um, six foot, six two, their wings, six four, six six, their post players, six eight. So, yeah, feels like a much more even matchup size wise than, than we're used to. And, I, that's one of the things that I think is elevating the SEC as a whole this year is like there's so many skilled players yeah. that are like, you know, pro basketball size yeah. and length. Yeah. I mean, what Arkansas scored like 60 something points in the paint tonight. Yeah. Paint points. Uh, Arkansas outscored Missouri 56 to 30. So many dunks.
1: Yeah. Just easy, easy points. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think Vanderbilt scores 56 paint
1: points. No.
0: No. Um, yeah, we're going to get that win at Vanderbilt. Another thing about Vanderbilt is that gym so weird. Like The camera angle makes yeah. all the players look short also. <laughs> so it's going to yeah. look like a bunch of tiny basketball players running around out there <laughs> because of the camera angle. Um, after that, we're back home with a rematch against Texas A&M. Missouri lost by six to am on the road uh, like a week ago uh am is kind of a weird team I I don't really think they're that good uh in the first matchup am used a 23 to two first half run to kind of you know just give themselves enough room to withstand Missouri's pretty decent second half um and a- M held on to the win in that one um what was the free throw discrepancy? Like thirty seven to ten or something? Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah surely thirty seven free throws. That can't
1: happen again, right?
0: Well, we can at least game plan f- around it. Yeah. You would think the second time. Uh AM really weird though in conference play. Some weird stats here. Uh in SEC play. I feel like we have enough data points at this point that we can recognize some of these trends. Um AM is on offense, AM is last, dead last in the SEC in three point. Field goal percentage, two point field goal percentage, and they are thirteenth in free throw percentage, thirteenth out of fourteen. But on offense, they are first in turnover percentage, and first in offensive rebound percentage. I knew that one was coming. So what? It's a, they're just a weird team offensively. They just miss a ton of shots, yeah, but get multiple chances per possession, and they're not giving away possessions with turnovers. So weird team there. Uh they're also second in uh free throw rate, free throw attempts per field goal made. So they're like or per field goal attempted. So they're getting to the line a lot, not making very many of them. <laughs> I don't know. They like those ugly wins. Yeah, of course. And so I don't know. It feels like uh in a normal year you could go 2 and 0 this week. Yeah. But that would be a bit greedy for me to ask for i think so i'm just going to predict the win on the road against vanderbilt then we'll see what happens from there what what's the worst like is are there any real ramifications to going winless in sec play does that change is it any different to go winless versus only win two games or one game um probably
1: not no uh, but I'm afraid if we don't beat Vanderbilt, we're looking at realistically winning zero SEC games. And oh man, like that's just not even a conversation that I was ever even remotely prepared for. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't even I I could literally don't even know what to say about yeah. like what what would happen if if that happened. I think and, we
0: would all just have to agree to pretend like it didn't happen. Yeah, and just.
1: It's like so, it's so insanely weird that we're thinking about Dennis Gates and his job security. Yeah. Like half of a season after what he just did. Yeah. After he was literally God.
0: I'm still wearing the shirt. You're still even wearing the shirt. And he looks really cool in that (laughs) shirt. Oh, man. Um, Yeah. It's
1: just, I feel like at this point, we just have to try to... Live with with what's happening. Explain away some of these things that just didn't go as planned and uh, re-rack for next season. Yeah. Yeah, let's get some players around Tamar Bates. But we're certainly going to be going into next season with a little bit more of uh, realistic expectations, a little bit more of a critical eye. Uh, then we went into this season with that's and I think
0: that's why this season has
1: been so painful. It's yeah. just like, whoa, where did this come from?
0: Right. Well, and I feel like the tendency is to be like uh, a bunch of new faces, you know, uh, we should be uh, right around the middle of the conference, you know, it's it's yeah, it's too e- you're coming off a tournament win. It's like, you know, well, we can't drop down to the literal basement.
1: Yeah. Well, it starts making you look at last year differently, though. Yeah. And that's the way you get a little dangerous.
0: Like yeah. start wondering if last year was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. So, unfortunately, think, we will not find out which one was a fluke. for I know. A while. Exactly.
1: We'll need, we're going to need a third season to least, really know.
0: At least, yeah. Because if like next year, it's just like a round like five hundred bubble team. Yeah, then it's, like it's like all freshmen okay, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all going to come down to: can we get a three point shooter in the portal? Can we get a big man yep. in the portal? That's enough basketball, I say. I agree. Uh, turning it over to football. Um, if you missed it, the last two weeks we've done our uh, season recap. Um, we've got a little bit more of that next week, I think. But for now, we have some big news uh, with the defensive coordinator hire. Uh, before that, though, the Senior Bowl is coming up, and so we've been getting getting to see some practice tape and some clips of some reps from some former mizzou players at the senior bowl practices and it looks like so far it's been more good than bad as far as uh, reports coming out of the senior bowl practices
1: yeah i guess i shouldn't be surprised that like after uh mizzou had an elite season that they have some elite players yeah <laughs> and um some experienced players at that but yeah man like uh darius robinson putting on a show uh chris abrams drain has been playing well cody Schrader uh Javon Foster Foster. yeah all four of those guys are are making a name for themselves and potentially making themselves a lot more money um than expected so I mean I'm I'm hearing like it I shouldn't doubt I shouldn't doubt Darius Robinson after what he's accomplished but man I'm hearing like first round buzz for him like the way he's performed at uh the senior bowl and just the competition that he's going up against and he's just making it look easy um he's just a great great kid incredible attitude um, who wouldn't
0: want him to be on your team yeah and uh yeah speaking of doubting people i mean like again once again cody schrader welcome back yeah just like ha- ha- there's only a couple more like opportunities for this yeah he's just gonna end up on a nfl roster Yep, that's all it. And that's all it takes. Literally, he's the only one that would have ever told you that that could happen. I it's a wild journey. Yeah. And uh yeah, I feel like there's no there's no amount of doubters that could possibly like disturb his uh his mindset or sure. his his path right now,
1: right? Yeah, but we're looking at Missouri realistically having um you know, two players, uh, Darius Robinson uh, and Ennis Rakestraw, actually who's not even playing in the Senior Bowl because uh, he's dealing with his, with an injury still. But I think either one of those guys could be first-round pick. I think Javon Foster could, you know, if he has uh, – he, um, I don't
0: know. His combine. Will he be able to go to the combine? That's what I wonder. That's yeah. what I was
1: about to say. Is like, I don't know if he's going to be at the combine. I don't know if any of these guys will be invited, but and I don't know when those invites go out, but they probably should be invited. Um, based on how things have gone so far so you know if they keep showing well in some of those testing and uh, even if they don't go to the combine they'll have like a pro day at mizzou yeah. so yeah if the testing looks good i mean man we could potentially have one or more uh, first round picks and maybe three or four guys that are picked in the first three rounds and that just hasn't happened very much recently
0: yeah i'm trying to find if uh any of those invites have gone out yet i don't see anything the nfl combine just yeah. yet but yeah man, i'd be I would, surprised if a couple of those guys weren't at the combine i feel like uh darius robinson is uh he'd he'd put up some numbers yeah in uh, various drills and exercises he's kind of a freak yeah um yeah so senior bowl going well yeah did, like you said at the at the beginning it's like well surprisingly uh a bunch of players on this team were really good and yeah. everywhere they keep popping up is for good reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on here, we have a defensive coordinator, ladies and gentlemen, we have a defensive coordinator and that man is Corey Batoon. former South Alabama defensive ki- coordinator, Corey Batoon. uh, run through his resume a little bit here. He spent 10 seasons at the, as the defensive coordinator at Northern Arizona, Don't know much about them. Uh, Three seasons as special teams coordinator and DBs coach at Arkansas State. Uh, Was head of recruiting for three years and then special teams coordinator and safeties coach at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze. Spent one season under Lane Kiffin at FAU as co-defensive coordinator and safeties coach. Two seasons as defensive coordinator and safeties coach at Hawaii. One season as safeties coach at Liberty Three seasons as defensive coordinator slash safeties coach at South Alabama. Yeah. Um started started coaching before we were born, Kyle. (laughs) Literally. Yeah, he's got some
1: experience for sure. Um and he he had some really good defenses at South Alabama. They they beat Oklahoma State uh soundly earlier this season. Um and you know, they've got uh you know a really good running back who is probably gonna play in the NFL. So Um, They did some impressive stuff the last couple seasons at South Alabama. Um, You know, this is a big opportunity for him. He's been coaching for a long time. This is far and away the biggest opportunity in coaching he's probably had in his entire life. He's going to get a massive, massive pay jump from um, like $200,000 a year to a million dollars a year at Missouri. So
0: um this, still quite a bit less than Missouri was gonna be spending on Blake Baker.
1: Yeah, I think uh LSU paid Missouri over I think it was like one point <laughs> two million dollars to take uh Baker and Kevin Peoples. So yeah. um but yeah, great, great for Batoon um and you know, his career and his family. And you know, I think he's a really good coach. Uh I think Missouri's gonna run a lot of stuff that's similar to what Baker ran. I think they'll probably run a lot of nickel. Some four-two-five stuff that Baker ran, which you know, Missouri's not uh, does not have a wealth of talent at linebacker right now. So I think they're going to have to run some of the hybrid stuff that they've been running with only two linebackers. He'll probably want to run some three-three-five stuff, but um, you know, Missouri's kind of thin at linebacker. If they have any injuries or you know whatever happens, um, they might be running a lot of a lot of hybrid, a lot of secondary-heavy stuff.
0: Yeah, well, it gives you the opportunity to get creative with things and mix and match a little bit and maybe play to your opponent's weaknesses somewhat. Yeah, but I think it's encouraging that they're going to probably
1: maintain a, a similar uh, mm-hmm. style. And, you know, I think Baker liked to blitz a lot. I don't know if they'll blitz as much as they did, but um, I think, it. yeah, like you said, it allows for creativity, allows for, um, you know, not tipping your hand on what you're going to do. Um, they can run a lot of different stuff from from those base packages.
0: Now, I was hearing... I was seeing some chatter about South Alabama. Well, the the attitude I was seeing a little bit was, well, was he really responsible for their success very much? Their head coach just got hired to be the defensive coordinator of Alabama. I can't come up with his name. Like
1: Womack or yes. something? Yes.
0: Uh, weirdly enough, born in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. No way. Yes. Uh, now he's defensive coordinator of Alabama. Wow, look at that. Uh, so some people were... Attributing the defense at South Alabama a little bit more to him. Um, Two years ago, they went ten and three, and had the thirty-first ranked defense in the country. Yeah, pretty solid for South Alabama. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's really impressive. Um, Another uh, bit about his resume here that people have been pointing out is the three years. uh, Sorry, uh, three years. Yes, at as head of recruiting at Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze. And that is somewhat significant because they got in a lot of trouble for, like, a million recruiting violations during that time. But if I could spin that a little bit. Spin it. uh, That was before NIL, folks. Yeah. And we want a guy on staff who, you know, gets deals done now that it's legal. Always be closing? Yes. So I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, recruiting... Situation he'll be in at Mizzou, he's not being hired to be the you know assistant AD uh, director of recruiting like he was at Ole Miss. But, but he knows
1: the, he knows the tricks of the trade. Exactly what you're trying to say. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I think you know that's actually that's where, a good thing. Yeah. Where that might have been a red flag, that's actually a green flag. It's legal. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> a green flag. Yes. Coach Drink said, "I will make it legal." <laughs> <laughs> he went to the the capital building yeah and made it legal
1: yeah seriously uh only tangentially related but i saw something recently that missouri is like among the power players of nil which we we knew they're doing really well mm-hmm. nil but like i mean among the top one percent of nil players in college football or that's college the sports, rumor yeah like do we have some kind of an anonymous nil like whale like crypto whale out there or somebody that's like Funding this operation like it's interesting that i I mean somebody said brad pitt i'm not complaining but i just wonder
0: how this is happening yeah uh yeah i'll take it and also i saw that um because another thing that's in the news recently about nil is uh tennessee is under investigation for maybe like cheating with nil which i i didn't even know you could still do that but apparently Missouri fans don't need to worry about any of that because, like, in our state NIL law, it basically says the NCAA has no jurisdiction. Yeah. They have no power here. Yes. You can't look into any of this. It's all fine. Just yeah. don't even worry about it. Yeah.
1: NCAA is just like, yeah, they're trying to like get do this little power struggle. They're trying to get back in there and get yeah. back in the game.
0: Yeah, yeah. NCAA's like, okay, we've seen how NIL works, which I'm fascinated to see, like, what the – potential violations will be in the nil era
1: well yeah and they're like i mean they're really trying to pay this quarterback significant significant money apparently like way more than like Hypel's making Yeah. so but i still don't know why that's a violation i don't know i think they're just in, they're in the investigation stage yeah yeah
0: uh, maybe nothing will come of it yeah. but uh yeah don't even bother investigating mizzou You're it's just, legal yes i guess you'll they'll arrest the <laughs> ncaa maybe that was the long <laughs> game all along just like get rid of the ncaa by like getting them to investigate missouri yeah and then you slap the cuffs on them get government involved yeah hey we're using it to get these players some money right so don't even worry um and as soon as nil came around missouri got good at football so true yeah just don't ask any questions folks <laughs> and we've got we've got the man who was uh you know, getting players paid before it was cool. Exactly. Um, yeah, so, yeah, a lot of experience went on a little tangent there. A lot of experience for Corey Batoon. Uh, welcome in. Let's let's run it back. It, it's not, I mean, is there room for disappointment in this hire in your mind? Yeah, um, sure.
1: And especially when we've moved the goalposts as far as we have mm-hmm. and uh, looking at some of the talent that, you know, is not returning – uh, you know, it's not truly running it back whenever yeah. there's this much turnover, but um, you know, you'd like to think that some of these guys will take a step forward, and there'll be enough um, consistency and talent that's still in the room that they'll they'll figure out a way to make
0: it work. The other big news of the week: uh, Mizzou hired former Houston defensive line coach Brian early to the same position at Mizzou so we got our defensive line coach position uh, filled after Kevin Peoples left Um, early spent the last five seasons at Houston and before that he was the D line coach at Arkansas State Arkansas State's just like a stepping stone I feel like everybody's coached there yeah everybody's had a a year or two at Arkansas State yeah Um, I'm pretty sure he missed coach drink by like a year i think at arkansas state but um yeah so we've got our uh, new defensive line coach yeah take it away yeah seems like a stud honestly uh he's spent the last five seasons
1: at houston they've they've been really solid um he's coached some really good defensive linemen in his time uh including ed oliver who played at houston and he plays for buffalo bills now i think he was like a top 10 pick a few years ago so um he has definitely coached some elite talent and knows what to do with it and uh yeah we're just we're just poaching every all the position coaches from houston
0: so it's working out just fine (laughs) uh yeah and um yeah it's interesting um i sorry going back to uh for just a moment um blake baker was safeties coach before being promoted to defensive coordinator in the first place right
1: at Miami, you mean? Or at Mizzou. Oh, at Mizzou. Uh...
0: I think when um, Steve Wilkes was let go, I'm pretty sure you might be right. Baker was safety's coach. Anyway, um, it's interesting that we're the new defensive Linebacker's coach, maybe? Uh, see, I see. Uh, I can't remember. but um, Maybe but both. Obviously, Batoon was safety's coach at like, almost every place that I mentioned. So that'll be more his focus. Have we do we know what's going on with uh um, Dj Smith have I heard anything it's interesting because drink brought him with from app state so it feels like there wouldn't necessarily be a built-in assumption of you know ascending to the next position but I don't know Maybe he sticks around because he's just attached to Coach Drink. I don't know. Yeah.
1: yeah, I know there was some connection with him potentially in LSU. I don't know. I don't think anything ever materialized there.
0: Well, it would be nice to not have any more staff turnover going forward, at least uh, till the le- end of next season. Um, so we, we hopefully we've got our defense figured out here. And um, yeah, maybe I'm trying to think. It uh, feels like maybe a little bit underwhelming just because – it really felt like missouri was in a position to make a little bit more of a splash higher. but that may I mean, that may have been the thinking before some of those more higher profile jobs opened up
1: yeah that may have been what they went for and um, you know they went long, it went on long enough to where they probably swung and missed on some guys and they might have uh, offered a lot of money and it just didn't materialize so this is where we ended up. I feel like this is a, a decent landing spot if you missed on some of your your top candidates. So, um, it's I think it's it's a hire that
0: I can live with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, doesn't blow you away, but nothing uh, to be too terribly upset about either. Um, okay. I said this is probably going to be a shorter episode. I think we accomplished that. Um, next week we're going to jump back into a little bit of our season recap and um slowly transition into off-season football with the basketball team as bad as it is it's like i want to hold on to this last football season as long as we can there's a good reason to do so um anything else before we say goodbye that's it all right uh cameron will be back next week and let's see if i can do this outro properly um special thank you to our patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan Ben Smith, Parker Daddy J.D., Tim Keynes, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Groffalo, Brandon Hanks, Matthew Tilly, Louis Hernandez, Joshua Jacobson. Thank you. Thank you very much,
1: gentlemen. We love you. You can find this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Missouri Sports Pod, and you can email us at Missouri Sports Pod at gmail.com.
0: Uh, T shirts and stickers missourisportspod.bigcartel.com online shop yep that's it something
1: something like that
0: Uh, thank you everyone for listening we will see you next week after a win we're gonna beat Vanderbilt